Welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleague, Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Alan. So, as always in these podcasts, we often talk about sensitive and difficult issues. They can be very emotive. And, of course, we're discussing child abuse very often. And so, listeners, if this is a subject that may distress you or cause you concern, now's the time to switch off and listen to something else. Otherwise, please stay with us. So in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a story that's hit the media very recently, and that's the tragic death of a young lad by the name of Arthur Abinjo Hughes. He was tragically murdered killed by those who were supposed to be looking after him. His stepmother and father have both been jailed for murder and manslaughter, respectively. And unsurprisingly, this has hit the news headlines, and the government has said that there's going to be a national safeguarding practice review panel, or rather a national trial safeguarding practice review panel, which will investigate what took place. And Danny and I thought that we would discuss this particular case because observers, critics may well say, have we not been here before? Which is a very good question because from my perspective, we have been here many times before. And it seems to me and to the families that we represent when a child gets killed, that lessons do not get learnt and that history unfortunately, carries on repeating itself. So that's a bit of an intro. So before we started this podcast, Danny, we were actually talking about these cases and the cases that we're involved in and the fact that it's very difficult to hold anyone to account for when a child gets seriously abused or killed. Yes, the perpetrators may end up behind bars, but quite often there's a bit of a background to this because the children are very often known, if not well known, to social services and the police. Yeah, I mean, Alan, we discussed, we, we've both got cases even at the moment, similar circumstances. Luckily, such children are now in, uh, have been removed from these types of family homes. But as you say, this is clearly a, a repeat of things that we've seen previously. Our listeners will be aware of some of the, the, the cases that have hit the headlines before, such as we were talking about Baby P, which caused outrage in the media and in the general public. And that was actually going back to 2007. Now, these big cases are the cases that, that the general public hear about. But actually, in fact, there's many, many more that, that don't obviously hit the press that we are aware of. Baby P, as I say, was 2007. So we're talking 14 years ago. And were effectively in a, a very similar circumstance where Paul Arthur was aware to social services and sadly he he died because of the mistreatment of his father and his stepmother. 
Yes. In all of these cases that we deal with, what we see is social services and all the police being involved and the book then gets shut. And when the, you know, the book is shut on the basis that uh, everything seems to be okay, that's when you get this awful situation where a child ends up getting killed. And we see that sadly time and time again. And there seems to be a theme. It always seems to me that professional curiosity just seems to go out the window or there's a systematic failure to join up the dots or the dots have been joined and, you know, oversight is then lost of, you know, what is known. You know, there's common patterns and it all boils down to maybe a lack of accountability, a lack of actual responsibility. You know, social services, for example, have taken on this child, assumed some kind of responsibility towards that child, and yet having assumed that responsibility, the buck doesn't stop with them when it all goes wrong. No, and this is the case is that in this particular case, as many we have seen before, as you say, there was a checkup of some sort. We don't know the finer details of this case. We must say that. But in this case, there was a a check on the child and then the case was closed effectively two months before his poor death. And so you've got to think at that time, this, this child was clearly going to be suffering this treatment and, you know, it was missed. Now, there has been already confirmation that there's going to be a review with this particular council. But I mean, it's a very similar story up and down the country, I'm sure. We've both had cases with similar allegations in similar circumstances where social services have been involved, have shut a case, and then the child has continued to suffer mistreatment or, you know, neglect or physical or sexual abuse. All sorts of things have been happening, but a visit has happened. The child on that day has looked clean, tidy. The house has looked tidy. But, you know, the difficulties in these circumstances is if somebody is aware that a social services department are visiting, it's very quick to, you know, you're very able to bath a child, close a child, so that all of the neglect is, you know, missed on that one day. And then that case is then signed off and, you know, that child is then left again until a further report is made by another agency or a member of public or a family member or a school And we've also seen, as we discussed, you know, with with the schools seeing children less because of COVID and GPs and other medical professionals seeing children less, this is also where the difficulty then lies. It seems to me that maybe a potential answer is, is that once the child finds itself on the social services radar, that child stays on that radar until they can stand on their own two feet the book can't be closed. Critics may say, oh, well, that would be too onerous. But actually, if you look at it objectively, surely that's going to be less onerous than ending up having to deal with the aftermath of a child being killed, which must take up an enormous amount of resource financially and personally, because at the end of the day, in my experience, most social workers do a brilliant job. But at the end of the day, there are some who don't and the system fails it doesn't work properly as is evidenced by what happened to young Arthur so it seems to me that a potential answer is for a child always to stay on social services radar they can't close the book 
Yeah, I agree completely. I think that would make social services lives easier in going in and out and just checking on the welfare, but also safety for that child. I mean, some of the children that that we deal with are put on child protection register from birth because there's been already an established pattern of behaviour where children have been removed from the family beforehand. So, you know, in those cases, you can see why there should be something implemented to protect the child that, you know, is coming into this family when there's already been a proved pattern of behaviour. The one thing in this case, which I think has really pulled on the heartstrings of the public, is that the family members of the father of Arthur had raised concerns with social services. So this wasn't a case where the child hadn't gone to school because of COVID and other third party agencies weren't involved. This was a case where paternal grandmother who had a position within a school, I think she was a head teacher, raised concerns. His father's brother raised concerns. And so it was clear that, that there were people, you know, upstanding people of society raising concerns, just like we see in our other cases where people are making referrals, which don't seem to go anywhere. And this is the thing I I think that the, the public are finding really difficult in this case. Mm. Well, that's understandably so. And I think the general public, well, any, any, everybody's entitled to ask very searching questions because you know, some of the cases where we've been involved in. Neighbours have made reports, other family members have made reports, GP has made reports, paediatricians have made reports. The list just goes on and on. And yet these children fall between the, you know, the cracks, so to speak. And you think, well, you know, the alarm bells must be ringing all the time. And when you look at these cases, it's very difficult to see who's actually in charge who actually makes the key decisions, it all seems to be very opaque, vague. And it comes back to this accountability thing again. I think there has to be true accountability. If social services become involved with a child, then no matter to what degree, they're in that child's life and they should be accountable for what flows from that and not be able to effectively duck out and close the book. I think my personal opinion of this as well is there should be a minimum standard that has to be met that isn't varied between council, different social services groups. I mean, I've specifically got cases at the moment where social workers have noted that there's low level neglect, but not enough to remove the child, for example. Whereas if that was children of my family, I would be horrified by some of the things that have been mentioned. So I think that the council should have a minimum standard that the family should be meeting for that child in regards to basic needs for washing, feeding, weight of a child, clothing, attending school, you know, attending medical appointments, all these things that that add up to neglect. Because at the moment it is, it's a personal opinion of that social worker and then that social services department, which will you know, naturally vary around the country. And we are not, you know, we're not sat here and saying that every social services is failing, but we're saying there's clearly a disparity in respect of guidelines between different social services. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, again, we should stress that we see excellent social work, but we also see appalling tragic cases where you think, gosh, you know, common sense went out the window, professional curiosity went out the window, 
failure after failure, resulting in a in a, a child being killed. And so you think, well, surely there should be a better way. And I don't think it's about necessarily creating new laws because we've been here before. You know, there's been so many inquiries when these children have been killed. And I remember the author of one report, was it Lamming, who said, well, you know, what I'm reporting and advising has already been reported and advised upon in respect of uh, another child. And here we go again. I think it comes down to, like you're saying, it's a, it comes down to standards. It comes down to accountability. And the buck has to stop somewhere. And I think a, a way of going there is um, to say, right, this child is now on your books. He, she stays on your books until they can stand on their own two feet, whether that's at 16, 17 or 18. Yeah, I agree. So on that somber note, let's make the point, well, it's probably a good thing that we're able to talk about these things because I suspect once upon a time, these things didn't get covered in quite the same way as they do. And probably a lot of child abuse um, is just taken as the norm and tolerated, if that's the right word. So maybe, you know, we are more civilised and perhaps um, we give ourselves credit for. So thanks, Danny, and thanks, listeners, for listening in. As always, please do join us in our next podcast. And if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, then please do get in touch. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.